The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Dead Kennedy's drummer, D.H. Peligro. Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Bedtime for Democracy episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 722, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee. As you listen to this year in the month of November... If you have not been to TrueCultCoffee.com, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com, you are missing out on the Krampus Roast. What the hell kind of metalhead holiday tradition are you going to have without Krampus roast, whiskey, and marinating it all for a turkey? Come on now, people. There That's what are. you need. Oh, yeah. We, we need to come up with, like, the Krampus cocktail. Because we've got the Headless Horseman now for um, shit for Halloween. The Fireball Whiskey and the Pumpkin Spice Creamer in your coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, we need to do something with like cranberry sauce or something and stuffing. So just, we need to do something weird, but uh, we'll, we'll work on that one. But anyway, <laughs> true cold coffee, T R V E K V L T com. Possess yourself a cup today. What is happening there? Snowman. Well, before we go any further, and I normally save all of this this stuff for around this time, but I think it's particularly since we're talking true cobalt coffee. Yesterday, as we speak, they celebrated they celebrated their fourth birthday as a, as an entity yet yesterday. So we want to say horns up, congratulations, and happy birthday to the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. And here's to many, many more. We definitely have a lot to talk about and some radioactive metal house cleaning. But before we get to that, I'm pretty excited tonight, really stoked, because once again, we have a really special guest joining us tonight. Unfortunately, 
It's for the bummer of a reason, which we will get to later on in the discussion. But nonetheless, we are still stoked to have Mr. Mark Buell joining us here once again. Hello, Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Right on, right on, right on. Of course, our longtime listeners will remember that we you came on last year, I believe, or was it earlier this year? No. When? Sorry? Oh, it, it was last year. And I'm still trying to figure out how I can get on the show without someone uh, oh, it's some, so it's someone dying, right? <laughs> oh right. my goodness, because you're right. That, you've been every right. time you've been on somebody's dot. We need to break that cycle, Snowy. Oh, we 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 need to make it a point to break that cycle. That's just that's bad juju waiting to happen there, man. Right, right. Because yeah, the first the first and last time that Mister Buell was on, um, it was because of the passing of Neil, of Neil Pert from Rush. And I know Mark is a huge Rush fan. His whole life, all the way up since he was like eight years old when I first met him. And now we're on the other side of 50 and we're still, we're still good friends. And it's definitely been a wild ride. I don't know if I told you, Aaron, though, but a couple weeks ago, Mark was in Winnipeg. I've actually been on Facebook, and I saw that. I'm like, look oh. at that. Mark and Snowy <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah, you were in town for, you know, your your awesome, unique job. Remind our listeners what it is you do. I uh, help mostly Indigenous communities uh, develop their own Internet service providers so they can connect to the Internet and not be beholden to big telecommunications companies. Right on, right, right on. That's Dude, that's just killer. That's, that's fantastic. That's what I like to hear. It's good people like Mr. Buell in the world, making the world a better place. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, Mark Marque was in town a couple weekends ago, and we made sure we got together. We, Mrs. Snowy and I, we we took him out for dinner, and then we piled back into our place. And I certainly hope we didn't bore my wife with all of the stories and all of the reminiscing and all of the fireball that we drank that <laughs> night. <laughs> I am sure we did. <laughs> yeah because it was it was getting it was getting late when it's like okay unfortunately we better we better wrap this up but we're super excited that you are here joining us tonight because like we said it's for all the wrong reason because you and i dude we discovered the dead kennedys at the same time in high school yeah 100 you know, yeah. we're like 15 right, right. Something like that, 15, 16, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a so, wild time. So we're definitely going to get into all of that. Um, but before we kind of jump into everything, and we're going to have all of our usual stuff as well. You know, we'll, we'll have a metal fix. I've got a, I've, I've got a kick-ass indie in spotlight, and we just got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. But before... We get into that a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning here with tonight as we speak is one John McGowan here in the Winnipeg punk scene, a guy who's been in so many bands, you know, for 40 some years. He's celebrating 
his 60th birthday tonight. His band, The Strange Things, is uh, playing a show at Bulldogs, that venue that I'm always talking about. Uh, So, yeah, if I wasn't doing this tonight, I would definitely make sure that I would be there. So, happy birthday, John. And, you know... To, here's to many, many more as well this weekend. Okay, tomorrow night, we are going to be celebrating the birthday of Ninja Cat Jess, who I've mentioned her on the show many, many times. She was volunteering with me at Ninja Cat, and she's just just a super good friend of mine. She turns the big 3-0 tomorrow. Whoa. So yeah, yeah, that's like what what are the big hall what what are those those big birthdays? You have like 18, that's the big one. I see I always thought it was 16. I mean, eight, 18 is like you're legal, but like 16 yeah. is where like oh, I can drive, I'm sweet 16 or whatever other, you know, cliche from the <laughs> 80s you want. Maybe we were just focusing on 18 by the time 16 you know, we we were like, eh, 16's nice, but yeah. See, you know, see, snowy where where we grew up, the uh-huh. age was 18. That's right. That's right. Oh, so we, like, so yeah, was that's, a big that's deal. way different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you could you could buy cigarettes at 13. Legally? Back, back, yeah, when yeah, back in the 80s, yeah. Really? 13, oh yeah. 13 years old yeah i'm at i think it's 18 now all across the board but guess the same thing you have to be 18 to now you're saying that like i remember buying cigarettes when i was 14 or 15 and and it's like we didn't even like smoking we just wanted to try it like i wonder if i could (laughs) buy cigarettes you know like remember i told you about the um the metal magazine that i bought that had like the suicidal tendencies in it that just terrified the shit out of me with that picture (laughs) okay exact same time as when i got those cigarettes Uh, yeah yeah very very traumatic day cigarettes (laughs) and suicidal tendencies and suicidal yeah like literally that's the poster child for going wrong in the 80s right (laughs) i think so yeah like yeah, well, I guess, you know, I guess suicidal. OK, I, I wouldn't say that for Mark and myself, because we embraced the the punk and, and hardcore scene as, as as well. But I imagine bands like suicidal first first seeing them and bands like Agnostic Front. OK, it's like these guys look kind of scary, like they look like gangs and all oh, that. So yeah, they must dude. have been kind of scary. Suicidal tendencies terrify them. Like these motherfuckers are going to kill somebody. <laughs> and Mark, you go back with me to suicidal and agnostic front and all that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole skate rock kind of uh, movement in the 80s was, was fascinating, right? Oh, I yeah. Mean, uh, suicidal tendencies never really scared me because really all Mike wanted was a Pepsi. That's <laughs> true enough. Just one Pepsi. <laughs> That's true That's enough. Beautiful. That's true enough. Yeah, yeah. So we want to say happy birthday to John. We want to say happy birthday to Jess. And yesterday, as we see speak, we want to say happy birthday to the big G. Yesterday was International Godzilla Absolutely. Day. Yeah, yeah, because um, uh, November 
1954 was the the was when the first uh the first Godzilla movie dropped I think as Gorgira in Japan exactly yeah and then did didn't it take about a year for them to Americanize it with Raymond Burr and Two all years, that 1956 Raymond Burr oh. played Steve Martin and the U.S. <laughs> cut it like a documentary film I was actually watching that particular version on Godzilla Day Ah, ah there the two like Gorgira and Godzilla like these are totally different movies the first like the Gorgira is fucking terrifying oh, yeah. you know like it yeah. was brutal <laughs> yeah the, oh, the oh, Japanese oh. version is way more terrifying it's a, it's oh, a fantastic film fantastic film it definitely is yeah yeah and so to commemorate Godzilla Day I brought out like one like probably my oldest and most cherished toy that I had that I still have in my childhood you guys will remember in the 70s the Shogun Warrior um line of the of the plastic action figures they were I about sure a foot do. tall and I also had that same toy you brought out ah yes yes I had the I still Mark I still have that Godzilla I saw that. That blows my mind. <laughs> now I lost the hand over the years. Which, uh, why? Why the fuck did they ever have his hand coming off? Because you know, the thing like, in the seventies and eighties, man. Like, it, well, yeah, it guess, had to shoot something. Yeah, you had the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip, yeah. and I guess it was part of the Shogun Warriors line, and one of their weapons was the hand being a rocket and all that so yeah, i guess oh, oh, see, i, I, I lost my shogun warrior because i also have a shogun warrior i lost his rocket hand because i i had had three rockets and you'd fire them from you know like fingers and that's long gone but i am 90 percent sure i still have my um hand for my godzilla oh right on right on right on yeah i don't know if it's just lost or if it's just somewhere in the house here whatever hopefully you know maybe there's one up for sale on ebay or something that i can i can put the word out hey big 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 money for godzilla's hand speaking about rockets okay got another really cool birthday here i think it was 45 years ago today the ramones rocket to russia wow. came out wow. yeah are you guys ready to feel old? Oh, I've been feeling <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> 45 years ago today, I've got the CD in my hot little fist right now. And I guess my my favorite song off of that album is uh, Sheena is a Punk Rocker. I don't know. For some reason, that that, that song always just kind of... Because you know, that is, that's an absolute classic. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we we all knew Sheena back back when we were teenagers you know like we all we all knew sheena at at, at some point mm -hmm. and i was i was and dynamite comics okay they had a six issue limited series of a new sheena of the jungle um series and every time i would buy you know i would see the new issue on the shelf i would i would grab it that song would be going through my head i mean she doesn't look very punk but Hey, if 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 there was ever going to be a Sheena that would become a punk, I would want it to be her. 
sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember what she looked like in the comics, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. Right on. I kind of figured that you would. So yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a lot going on today, you know, and I'm so glad we had a couple minutes to um, to get it on out there. How about we get into some tunes here to start us off with for true cobalt coffee um just recently the new black anvil record regenesis dropped yeah it was their debut with seasons of mist records as well shout out to them really good people so let's drop a track from that for a true cavalt coffee's mandatory metal this is a black anvil with 8 bit terror
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, Mark, um, I'm sure you remember exactly how we go about doing this. Why don't you uh, tell us what's been on your stereo, what you bought, what you've been watching, just everything in the metal, the hard rock, the geek world, whatever. What you got? So, uh, two things. It's okay. The, uh, you know, it's it's that time of year. I, I, I know you're a big horror movie fan, so um, it's been horror on the TV nonstop for <laughs> at least the past month. But it's also been horror nonstop on my playlist for the past month. Uh, you know, the band Horror H O nine nine O nine, kind of the 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 new iteration of I don't know that they, they, they're drawing from eighties hardcore, uh, dark ass shit. I I'm absolutely in love with horror. I don't know if okay. you guys listening to them or not, but man, it's it's blowing my mind. I mean, check this out, man. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a new one on me, and that pisses me off when when someone mentions a band I've never heard of. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, horror. H zero nine nine oh nine, African American band out of I think Brooklyn, but man, it, their stuff is is completely insane. Like, it it's the type of music, you know. Go on YouTube, look for their stuff. You can only watch so much of it because you'll have nightmares for a month, right? <laughs> amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. On, right on. Man. That's the type of stuff I want to hear. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. What else you got? Uh, well, you know, uh, I, <laughs> I guess, you know, a lot of dead Kennedys on the on the turntable of, of, right. of, of late. For you know the reasons we've we've, we've already talked about, uh, bad reasons, uh, which for me, whenever I listen to Dead Kennedys, it it, it drags me down a rabbit hole of uh, of other '80s sort of hardcore, right? So I wind up listening to a lot of Minor Threat and and <laughs> pretty much pretty much everything else that I have on vinyl. Some of it's so old. It, it, it cracks and it, it it skips. I still have the the albums I bought, Snowy, when when you and I were like 15, 16 years old, right? Right on. That was going to be my next question. Tell me, tell me you have you still have all those old cool vinyls? I have all of it. I can't get rid of anything. Uh, the other one is uh, SNFU, right? Oh, of course. I've always been a massive SNFU fan. Uh, they're the one '80s sort of hardcore punk band that I don't think ever really got the, the 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 love they deserved. But man, they were they were amazing. Oh, definitely, definitely. They should have had you know, like you said, the love they deserved, like outside of Canada, like they're mm-hmm. they're they're punk they're punk legend, punk royalty in Canada. But I don't think that you know that SNFU kind of made like the same headway that they probably should have one of my biggest regrets is i i never had chai pig on the show right yeah 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 no for sure for sure but mm, i did get to meet him a a a few years back in 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 vancouver at uh 
at a pub that he 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 pulled some shifts at, and it was you know this amazing moment for me. He didn't give a shit, right? What I was <laughs> but you know, for me, it was it was huge. Oh yeah, see, that's just it. They have like like we don't like these like like you said, he was pulling shifts. Like he he had to have a job despite being this legendary performer and all that. They don't see themselves as rock stars that sometimes we do you know and so that it's kind of like you know why why are you making a big fuss about me well it's because you are who you are yeah okay well okay thanks you know <laughs> and I I, I I i i get that i've asked i've asked the question to ver- various bands that are like underground legends okay and i'll ask you know, what's your reaction when you hear the word legendary, you know, and then they kind of smile and they have a little chuckle about it. And they said, yeah, OK, I might might be well known here. But as soon as I get home, you know, after tour, my wife goes, yeah, yeah. Why don't you get your legendary ass out and mow the lawn? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so exactly. yeah, that's so that's it's it's the life that you know if you're going to do a type of music that's just not going to be very commercially viable you know you could dedicate your life to it but the mansions and the groupies and all that bullshit it's just it's just not it's not going to be there so yeah that's that's too bad that's definitely going to be that's definitely one of my regrets is never never having him on i did get the opportunity to have a quick chat with him the last time that SNFU did come through Winnipeg. So at least I'll always have that. And you'll always have that. And, right. and Aaron, you got to homework. Check out some SNFU. Society is no fucking use. I'm aware of them. I just don't know if I've ever heard them. Like, I'm, I'm very right. aware of them. I've seen the logo. I could definitely pick it out of a lineup. But I'm, I just don't know if I could pick out the music. Right on, right on. All right. You got anything else? I think that's about it. Okay, cool, dude. What you got? All right, man, check this out. So I went to our local used record shop here, Black Circle Mm -hmm. Records, uh, in town. And, ow, hang on. Oh, God, I'm getting old. I hate this. (laughs) All right, I picked up a 45. Oh, right on. And the 45 is for the original number one hit in the USA, Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters. Really? Oh, wow. The seven inch or that. Okay, like I have the soundtrack on vinyl and all that. But, oh, shit. I wonder if my my secondhand shop would have that now since it's it being Halloween and all that. That's awesome. I, I couldn't even believe that it was still there. Because it was literally um, on the Saturday right before Halloween. Um, Mm -hmm. And because what's cool is like we have a farmer's market that runs like April through November here. Right. It's every Saturday and great local vendors. We had this woman who makes cookies and makes some of the best cookies ever, you know. And so like I'll go get cookies from her and stuff. And um, my daughter and I were walking around. I'm like, oh, let's go check out the records. And so we walk in, I'm like, oh my goodness. And, you know, it's no big deal to her. 
you know, she knows Ghostbusters, right. but she just doesn't get it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's dad excited about something again. And then <laughs> what I found before I found that, because I literally found that on the way out by accident, but I found chilling, thrilling sounds of the haunted house from Disneyland Records. Oh, okay. Dude, I remember this album as a kid. Like I, I every every Halloween somebody would pull this out, and it's it's not music. It is literally just like sounds, screams, groans, thunder, shipwrecks, like all this stuff, like cat fights, dog fights, it's just spooky <laughs> sounds. And they only wanted fifteen bucks for it. And you you guys should see this, um, uh, like like the I guess it's the jacket. Because uh, I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's no way that this is not a reprint. But I can't find anywhere where it says it's a reprint. It says 1964 Walt Disney Company on it. Okay. Um, but then, you know, I'm convinced it's a reprint until I opened up and saw, like, the sleeve that the record's in. And it's it, it's like spooky party hints. It, it's, it's not some generic sleeve. Like they have like these little fortune teller names. Like it's this is the this is it, this is really it from the '60s, and it's in pristine condition. And he only asked fifteen bucks for it. I you better I jump on it. it. I would jump on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, jump yeah. I, I mean, I I honestly didn't care what condition it was in. Once I saw it, I'm like, yep, picking this up. And um, right on. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even looked at the price. And then I'm looking. I'm like, wow, this is only fifteen. Because I mean, like, there's there's some other stuff there. Um, like you know, bands and stuff, they're like 25, 30 sometimes, depending on, on what the what the record is. But I really felt that this was low. I honestly expected to pay at least twenty five for this. But I mean, I guess it's not music, it sounds, but just I mean, can you put a price on my childhood? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, so I was super, super excited to pick that up and I couldn't wait to tell you about it. And I think it's hysterical, you know, because I mean, by the time this episode rolls out, it's going to be almost mid-November. They're like, "You guys are still talking about Halloween," and oh hell yeah! Well, that's just it. Like every day is Halloween here, and mm-hmm. I, of course, I had to pop on Trick or Treat the other day. Right on. And watch that. I was watching The Howling Two. <laughs> oh wow! Your sister is a werewolf. I so right. I put that one on specifically because. I remember trick-or-treating with uh, three friends. Um, two of them lived in the neighborhood. One um, lived way somewhere else. But he came over, and then the two girls came down. The four of us went walking around. And um, we we wanted to watch a werewolf movie. Obviously, I wanted to watch a werewolf movie because, like, you know, I, I'm crazy about werewolves. And... So I think I went to the video store. My mom picked up. I'm like, yeah, Howling 2. Because I remember seeing the first one. I'm like, yeah, let's watch the second one. And I just remember putting it on. And, and, and it was the same thing when I watched it now at 50. But I'm watching it going, this is just a porno with fur. It's like a furry <laughs> porno. <laughs> you know? All right. And I remember just the four of us. Because I mean, like, we were 14, 15 at best when, when mm-hmm. we were watching this. And we're all just sitting there like, what the fuck is this stuff? <laughs> you know, it just was not what we were expecting. And even when I'm watching, I'm like, wow, so weird. But um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So like, so that, but then trick or treat. And I started thinking about like trick or treat and the whole Sammy Kerr thing. 
you know, and anytime, mm-hmm. you know, cause everybody, er, this time of year, everybody jokes about summoning a demon. Like we were in, um, spirit for their after Halloween sales. And I've already got, you know, um, costumes for next year for the kids and stuff. And they have like their shirts, like let's summon a demon, you know, they're done like in the, in the old, old 50 style kids book covers and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and then I start thinking, I'm like, why does anybody ever want to summon a demon? Because it never goes well. Like, like, right. like the Sammy Kerr thing went horribly, right? Like any, any, time a demon is summoned, it's always evil. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, if you were going to summon somebody, who would you want to summon? I'm like, you know who I'd summon? I would summon Lemmy. Because oh, yeah. if you summon a, like Lemmy as a spirit, you know it's going to be just like he wasn't even alive. He's going to be the only ghost doing Coke, drinking Jack and Coke, and staying up all night reading. You'll get up the next morning. He'll be sitting there with like a stack of books. Dude, you still reading? Yeah, man. Check this out. <laughs> just, and, wearing, and wearing the way too short shorts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The Daisy Deuce? Yeah. yeah. He'll be sitting there in his Daisy Deuce, sipping a Jack and Coke, reading. You know? <laughs> like, And then I started thinking about that. I'm like, how come nobody has done that as a TV series, right? Like nobody has done a TV series where we bring some dead rock star back. Like pick picture Lemmy, like my friend Lemmy or something. And this guy accidentally plays a motorhead <laughs> record backwards. And now Lemmy's following him around. Like, like, like I feel like that just writes itself, you know? <laughs> like, we need to start a GoFundMe to get that funded. Come I, on, dude, I'm with you. I, like, I think we just need to write some treatments and start getting these around. But then, last thing, Metal and Monsters episode two. Did either of you guys get to check it out on oh, YouTube? Shit, you told me about it, and I didn't. Who was the Who was the guest this week? Kirk Hammett. Right, right. Oh, son of a bitch. I was even at work, and it's like, okay, Aaron said that the, the episode is up. I should have some time here, and I just ah, oh, I left my head. Yeah, my only beef with this series is that it's seven months between episodes. Yeah, that can be a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of sucks. But dude, every time they do it, they do a great job. I really like it. It, it yes. like you, you especially are gonna like this one. Okay. Like it, seriously, started. like I'm watching. I'm like, did Snowy assemble this and not tell me? Like, has he been moonlighting? Because, like, literally, some of the gags, I'm like, oh, so, somebody consulted you, dude. <clears throat> like, yeah, yeah, wait, 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 just, just wait. Like, like, just, I, I don't even want to give anything away. Just, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I think I've done that for the show. Or like, oh, oh yeah, I know that. Like, just, just different things that they did. Like, like the little things they play in between stuff, you know, like little clips. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, it's totally you. Wow, but that's what. That's yeah. why Kirk is our favorite Beatle. Oh, dude. It's it's fantastic. And just, you know, Kirk talking about horror. And they also talk, talk with one of the guys who designs Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. It takes them 18 months to um, plan and put on a Halloween Horror Night. So they will start this March... In 2023, they'll start in March of 2023 to put on Halloween 2024. Wow. wow. While they're still writing for Halloween 2023. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that just blows my mind. You know, and, and they're going through like all the different storylines they do. I'm like, wow. 
Like they really take this seriously at the parks. Like, wow. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, just, it, it, it was probably one of my favorite episodes. I'd like to watch it again. Um, but yeah, like, like they just, they need to keep this going, you know, and I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, Piggy D takes my suggestion for tracking down everybody who is still alive that was involved with trick or treat and doing a trick or treat episode. Mm-hmm. Cool. Exactly. That'd be yeah. fun. Oh, definitely. For sure. For sure. For sure. And I imagine uh, m- most, most should still be with us. I think so. Right. I, cause, um, didn't we, we, didn't we, we lost fast Eddie Clark, right? Mm-hmm. But we've still, we still got Pete Way. Mm-hmm. We've still got the singer because he's in Flogging Molly. And I can I can never remember his name, but I love Flogging Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all the actors and actresses are with us. Like, no, I, no, I think sure. that could be just an amazing episode. It is. That is still still one of my all-time favorite, easy in my top ten movie and soundtrack. Oh, so like good, dude. both, you know, Mark, you'll remember trick or treat. You, you know of what we speak. I know exactly of what you speak. <laughs> it's, it's, it's imprinted on me. <laughs> right on my teenage head. years. Right on. Right, right on. Well, your son, your son, Isaac. And I know he's a regular listener. Hey, dude, horns up. Um, have you introduced trick or treat to him? Ah, that's one we haven't watched, but we really should. Yeah, I think he would. It would go over big with him. I mean, uh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a big horror movie guy, right? Uh, yeah. You remember when I was at your place? I I gravitated to your soundtrack from uh, Suspiria, which is uh-huh. his second favorite <laughs> film of all time. Wow! Right? Holy his, shit! His first being Johnny Got His Gun, which. I think we all know was the the inspiration for Metallica's one, right? No, for sure, for sure. Which which I hear that song on the radio a lot, and I I can't argue it. You know, like most like when on when I'm at money job, the only thing I really have if I'm not sitting in my office where I have my phone, when I'm actually working, like phys, phys, physically working, I only have an old fashioned ghetto blaster. And I only have the radio on that even. So, like, anything, like, post-Black album, I'm really not too worried about it, you know, from from Metallica. It's all the stuff in the 80s. So when I hear one, when I hear For Whom the Bell Tolls and all that, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, here's here's a port in the storm. Speaking of Metallica and the 80s and all that, um... On the radio, just a couple days ago, I was at work, and one of our local rock stations, okay, on every weekday Fridays, and I've mentioned this, and I've pissed and moaned about this on the show before, they have their mandatory metal segment, which we were using that name first, thank you. I am certain one of them listens to this show. Uh, Could very well be. Could, could could very well be. I'm sure there's enough metalheads working at this station that, um, you know, probably picking up a few things here and there. Well, a couple days ago on their mandatory metal segment, 
They played Diamond Head. Okay. And take a wild guess as to what Diamond Head song they played. Helpless. Well, there would be something even more obvious. They played Am I Evil. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Okay. And it's like, okay, this is really cool. I'm hearing Diamond Head at work on the radio and all that. But you're essentially playing Metallica, you know, and you're just dressing it up with a different name and all that. But I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, like I'm going to be cynical, but right on. This is really cool. This is really cool. One of the other stations, okay, that plays classic rock as well, but they play a lot of 80s and 70s pop as well Um, on Halloween. Okay, now they like to. You know, look how we're getting into the spirit of things. And they'll play Purple People Eater and Monster Mash and Thriller. You know, it's like, oh, look, look how Halloween-y we are. Yeah, okay, is this, are you guys really going all out? You know, I'm sure you guys could do a lot better than that. Well, on Halloween, I'm at work just this past Monday as we speak. I'm flipping channels and I hear this song. It's like, I know this song. Holy fuck, it's Alice Cooper's Feed My Frankenstein from the from the Hey Stupid album. Wow. Which I which I've never heard. I've never heard any songs from that record on Winnipeg Radio like ever. Okay. Now obviously Mr. Program Director Man is like, okay, it's Halloween. Let's find some Halloween type songs. Oh, look, this song has Frankenstein in the in the title let's play this once again i'm being cynical but like i'll take it (laughs) you know so all all work stopped for about four and a half minutes you know which i could just imagine like this station kind of caters to working women you know from Mm -hmm. 20 to 50 and all that so yeah i'm sure there's more than one woman that maybe might have paid attention to the lyrics a little too much and probably griped a bit because yeah it's like frankenstein in the uh in the title but yeah it's alice cooper in the 80s i wonder what this song is about but you know what though dude thinking about the normies thinking about the fact they probably haven't heard that song since the 90s when it came out Mm-hmm. It's close enough to I think it was Salt and Pepper that that had another song this that sounded like the Feed My Frankenstein. It it was one of the girls' groups like that Feed My. You know they probably thought it was just like a remix of that. <laughs> I could could I very well weird? be weird. Like wow, so weird. Yeah, yeah, could very well be either either way. Like I'm very easy to please. You know just. Just give me a good song, and that's that's the highlight of my work day. So, yeah, yeah, can't complain about that. Um, last weekend, I made my way out to the Winnipeg Comic Con. It's the every well, it's every Halloween, except minus the last couple because of COVID and all that, and the changing of the production companies that were bringing it here and all that but the inaugural manitoba comic-con was going on at the winnipeg convention center this is the big one like there's there's a number of 
of smaller record and collectible cons, like, you know, at the hotels, you know, but it's just basically a handful of booths and all that. This is the big one where they bring in, you know, um, actors, actresses to do the autograph alley and all that. Like, it's just, it's, it's a huge spectacle and it's something that we as a family, we take in every year and little snowy she's she's a really big cosplayer and she got all done up in her spider gwen outfit and all that a lot of people really dug that and we just had a, a fantastic time saw the winnipeg a, a, a group of cosplayers called the winnipeg ghostbusters who they they dread they, yeah they dress up like the ghostbusters and all these conventions and charity charitable events and all that you can hire them to you know to show up and just act like ghostbusters and you know i've run into them many times and it's it's always a really good time are you guys familiar with the kids in the hall uh painfully uh, like absolutely and dude i am so jealous i saw your facebook post <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yes, we had the good fortune of meeting um, Kevin McDonald from the Kids in the Hall. Oh, wow. Here, yeah. Um, now, the funny thing about this, though, is is he lives in Winnipeg now. Really? Yeah, he lives in Winnipeg. Um, every once in a while, I hear about Kevin McDonald sightings downtown or in Osborne Village or. You know, you know, like he's out and about around town every uh, a ha handful of times so far. He's um, at our local art house, Cinematech. He's put on a thing called McDonald at the Movies where he comes in. He introduces one of his favorite movies and all that. So he's out and about around town. I still... I still chose to shell out a couple checks, a couple shekels to go get his autograph and say hi and get a picture with him because both both Mrs. Snowy and I like huge fans, huge fans. Not only Kids in the Hall, but his appearance on the uh, Canadian sitcom uh, Corner Gas as well. I don't know, Aaron, if you if you're familiar with Corner Gas at all. No, my my yeah. Canadian sitcoms end with Red Green. That's, oh, okay. that's still possibly the greatest <laughs> show I've ever seen in my life. Okay, fair enough. Kevin McDonald also on Seinfeld. What what episode was yeah. that? What did he do? He was denim guy, and he was hitting on Elaine, and he <laughs> yeah, and he was wearing you know jeans jean vest and jean jacket and they 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 called him denim guy it was a great episode okay, look that up i'll have to look that up okay yeah because when we were talking to mcdonald we um we said as big as fans of kids in the hall that that we are we brought up his appearance on corner gas and his face just lit up right because you know, yeah because oh my god i'm talking about something other than the thing that everyone knows me from. Yeah. You know, like, right. <laughs> you know, so that was, that was a really cool, special moment. Wallace, you know, and I found some old Starlog magazines and an old Boris Karloff comic book. And, 
one of the one of the merch booths was the Planet of Sound um, shop that I go to every week, and I've mentioned on the store on this show many times. They had a booth set up, so it's always good to see Dave, you know. And um, I had actually been like Ozzy Osbourne's Patient Number Nine. Oh, the album had it's been out for I don't know about a month or so. But I was always kind of holding out for it because um, Planet of Sound had this special, unique box set. Okay, that uh, okay, I can't really shell out for that. It's it's kind of it's kind of pricey, but it was a um, you have the new album and a special comic book all about Patient Number Nine. By none other than Todd McFarlane. You know, uh, it's just like, it's a really, really cool box set. So when I saw it at the convention, it's like, okay, he hasn't sold it yet in the shop. It's here at the convention. You know, the rock gods are telling me, Snowy, buy this now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yes, yes, I finally, after, after a month now, I finally have a uh, copy of Patient Number 9. The comic is absolutely fantastic as well. If you get a chance, find um, find this unique uh, unique set. Later on that night, after the uh, after the con, went home, had some dinner, got changed, relaxed, had a couple belts, then made my way out to Bulldogs once again. You know, home away from home. Because local Winnipeg punk legends, Crown of Thorns. Mark, how is that for a name? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what, what, oh, man. What night was this? Because I left Winnipeg on Saturday morning. Oh, it was Saturday night. Man. If I, I knew I would have changed my flight, I would have waited until Sunday or Monday to see Crown of Thorns. Okay. My mind. Sorry, oh. man. I thought you were already gone. Like I oh, thought. Man. That would have been insane. It was because this was their last gig. Oh shit. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It it was. It was. Over just over over the years I've kept in touch. And when I was working the, the war on music shop, their guitarist Doug. He would all he he would always come in. I swear, just to come in to keep me company. On his way home from work, he would stop at the shop and would hang out and just shoot shoot the shit about just about anything and all that. And then, you know, always seen him out at shows as well and all that. So it was <clears throat> it was kind of it was it was a fantastic show. I bought the um, you know the final gig commemorative T shirt. For it, I think I'll wear that tomorrow night at Jess's birthday party, and uh, yeah, it was just it was just a special night. I took a um, I took a picture of KK, my good buddy from you know the singer of Shit Happens. Had her on the show, have her on again. Good friends of ours, and it's like, hey Doug, KK, you know I kind of want a picture of you too because it'll be history. Winnipeg punk rock history, kind of the passing of the torch from Crown of Thorns to Shit Happens. So, yeah, it's just, I was just so thrilled and just so honored that to be friends with these, with these two people. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I th- I, I figured you were even you know long, long gone, or else I would have no, said hey. So Snowy, I'm 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 kind of upset with you because oh, <laughs> you didn't you didn't talk about the highlight, the absolute highlight, or would have been for me of of Winnipeg Comic Con because you got to meet Kit from Night. Oh yes, yes, Aaron, you will remember Night Rider. Oh yeah, I saw that picture. Damn you! I yes. was so jealous. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As all of our older listeners will all remember in the eighties, Michael Knight and the Kit Car Night on Night Rider. Wow, there is a Winnipeg replica of it, and this guy, wow, he had it down. Like right I, 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 t- I took a picture of the dashboard. He took a picture of um, of, of the outside and me sitting what? in it. And he, um, he even uh, okay. I don't know all the technical mumbo jumbo, but he's he's like the car recognizes his voice. That's the best, dude. So he'll say, "Hey, Kit." You know, and the voice returns by saying, yes, Michael, just <laughs> in <laughs> just just in Kit's voice. Like it was it was absolutely fantastic. Well, yeah. So, yes, thank you. I, to- I totally forgot all about that. And once again, I'm a little tardy. But now that we've been talking about it, I definitely have to get those pictures up on the Instagram and up on the Facebook Let's maybe get on with some tunes here. Um, just recently released the Mighty Autopsy. Their new record, Morbidity Triumphant, dropped. And once again, an absolute barn burner of a record. So let's drop a track from that. Former Radioactive Metal alum Autopsy with Maggots in the Mirror. Oh, 
Relapse Records recently dis- recently dropped the ble- the brand new record Defy Extinction from Philly Hardcore Veterans. Well, okay, I want to say Rambo, but it's R A M B O. You know, they do the periods in between and all that, which makes me always think we always called the band Wasp. But really, they they had the periods in between, you know, because they were acronyms. Right. White Anglo-Saxon so, Protestant. Shouldn't. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what that's what black you should have told Tipsy. <laughs> yeah. During the whole. That would have shut everybody up, though. That, no, that would stand for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. What do you think it stands for? Because uh, you've just seen the interviewer's face. Um, uh <laughs> <laughs> or, or if he would have said that to Tipper Gore <laughs> during God, the Washington Wives bullshit. It's like, yeah, white acts, Ang- Anglican Saxons, Protestants. What did you think it meant, Tipper? <gasps> <laughs> You're such a... Oh, we know what's on your mind. <laughs> we're, good, we're good Christian boys and Tipper's a pervert. <laughs> Over the years, Mark, we've talked a lot about the PMRC and Tipsy Gore. And all that. And it's probably something for the existence of the show we're always going to to speak about. Well, that was Rambo, R-A-M-B-O, with Authorities, Authority. That's a it's a great record as well. I was I was giving the whole thing a spin. And you're going to want to check it out. Before we get into the meat of the matter with this episode, um, as our regular listeners know, um, I'm up for an award. Your cool Uncle Snowy is up for Ambassador of the Year Award. And much with like the being Man- president, if you win it, you will retain that title for life. Because right. I will refer to you to as Mr. Ambassador until the day <laughs> we both die. <clears throat> like if, you, I, if, if I go first, that. I will come back and haunt you just to call you Mr. <laughs> Ambassador. Well, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And basically, what Ambassador of the Year is, is it's just a guy that goes to a lot of shows, supports the scene, you know, is active in with it. And I figure with the amount of Winnipeg and even Canadian bands that I've played on the show over the last 16 years, all the Winnipeg bands that I've interviewed, and I know some some bands we gave their first international exposure to as part of our indie spotlight. So it's like, oh, well, I thank you. I really appreciate the uh, nomination. Well, I got it. I got a text from the good folks at the Manitoba Loud Awards, and they asked me for a song. A song? Okay. Yeah, we want to do a montage at the uh, ceremony for all the nominees. We'd like to put a song, you know, when your ugly mug shows up on screen, we would like a song in the background. I gave it some thought. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I kind of put it out to you guys as well. Um, What are some suggestions that maybe I could... Get a hold of the good folks 
at the Manitoba Loud Music Awards for? Well, I believe my first suggestion was Mbop. Right <laughs> on. I am so <laughs> supporting that. <laughs> I, I, I would be all for a Hanson Brothers song. Okay, but I I don't know about a Hanson song, which which Hanson that same band with the Pretty Boys and all that they were, they were just in Winnipeg here about a month ago playing the Park Theater of all places. Did 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 I tell you that? No, weird. Yeah, they were here. I guess I guess there's enough teenage girls that love them back then. You know, they're older and they have disposable income now, and so. They decide to go back out on tour. They played the Park Theater, which was like totally sold out. Okay, I was actually asked if I wanted to be a roadie for the day for this show, and <laughs> kind of like, yeah, well, I can't remember what it was. I had some other things going on, but a couple good friends of mine they ended up roadieing for a Hanson. That day, I'm sure they've, they've got a lot. That's that, that, that's what I got to do. I got to get, you know, my buddies on that I've I've done the roadie thing with with Ninja Cat and all that because we all have a lot of cool stories. Oh yeah, just 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 over the years. So that's that's something um, we should do in the future. I actually had a suggestion from. Uh, from my general manager at work at Money Job, he was being a smart ass and he said, Well, you got to do some Frank Sinatra or something like that. And I'm like, Okay, I know, I know you're trying to be funny, but my way, exactly like my way, but you could do the Sid Vicious version, yeah, right? you could do the Sid Vicious as well, either or. So it's like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Sounds good. I'll take it under consideration. Yeah, my GM also said, hey, how about Eye of the Tiger? <laughs> by, by Survivor. You know what? <laughs> you, know. No, you say that jokingly, but when... It we, might work, but yeah. When, but when we were 12, you and I <laughs> loved that song. We did. Right? We did, did. Didn't you play it on the guitar? I for... think I could play that on the guitar at the time. Yeah. yeah, for music class one day, you you played it in 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 school, like like the opening riff or something. I... If, if if we wanted to go full cheese, you could do you know, uh, Journey, Don't Stop mm. Right? Like there we are. I was thinking that one too, dude. I was totally thinking that one. Um, have, have you guys seen the Shazam movie, the the newer one? No, no. Okay, one, it's definitely worth your time. It's super fun and entertaining. But there's a scene where he's playing Eye of the Tiger, but with that dun 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 dun, he's shooting lightning from his hands, and he's saying hands lightning from my hands lightning from. <laughs> I, I can like anytime somebody says Eye of the Tiger, that's the only thing I can think of now. So mm. I just had to share that with you guys. Oh. Shazam. Why was I thinking? Oh, yes, I saw it. This is a superhero movie. You know, I was thinking Kazam. Oh, what the fuck's that? That's um, Shaquille O'Neal as a genie or something. Oh, bullshit. whatever, dude. Whoa, Come on. Right. 
Right. Yeah, that's that's what I thought for a second there. Yes, yes. No, Shazam. Yes, I saw that. You're right. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you, you must have been going, fuck, what's wrong with Snowy tonight? What, what do you mean he's, like, he hasn't wow. seen this? He doesn't like that one? Jeez. But <laughs> no. you know what? You need a good Canadian band. I think you should go with Slaughter up all night. Okay. Okay, see, Mark, he does this. He does this just That's to irritate good. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that's good. If, if you wanted to go totally left field, I would say Billy Ocean, get out of my dreams, get into my. Car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, oh, but so good. I, 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 I've known you a long time and I associate you with, uh, uh, a single band, right? Okay. So I would say it, it's Venom's In League with Satan. Uh, yeah. Yes. One. That is highly accurate. <laughs> you know what else? Dude, you should totally tell him you want to play Prince's Sexy Motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> just, just when you walk out of that, bum, 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 sexy motherfucker. Come on. That'd be so right. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because Bill from Shit Happens he recommended Shawn Michaels, uh, the professional wrestler Shawn Michaels, his theme song, Sexy Boy. Nice. See? Oh. There we go. <laughs> wow. It's like, it's like, yeah, I know you're being a smart ass, but okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting it on the list. Dude, I'm if I mean, if we're going pro wrestling, any motorhead at this point, I was honestly thinking Born to Raise Hell. Oh, yes. I was yeah. thinking Born to Raise Hell would be a good one. But yeah. then, you know, the smart ass side of me is like Abba's take a chance on me. Like I, I really think you need to bring and play that one. I think that works. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, my good buddy Jay, he he kind of wanted to go towards the the more anthem. He decided, he thought of uh Metal Warriors from Manowar. Oh. And that Hang on. Any, anything from Man of War works, you know, because they were all about the the metal and the, yeah. But if you're gonna do Man of War, it has to be something from Kings of Metal because that is the album. It has to be the Kings oh, of Metal yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. One of my all time favorite Man of War songs, though, and it's one of their cheesiest ever. Was All Men Play on Ten from the Sign of the Hammer album, which yeah, was like their third. Their, their it was their third album, nineteen. 19- 84 i want to say yeah you could go punk and do minor threats cover of stepping stone there's an idea yeah yeah oh geez oh how about mommy can i go out and kill tonight (laughs) (laughs) hey sure sure yeah i recommend that that happens and then on the way home from the gig for from the awards to ceremony, something happens and some someone gets killed, and then I get blamed for it, like Judas Priest gets blamed for their fans blowing their brains out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that's so metal. Like, like you're, you're you're not not selling this, dude. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, like, like now now you have to do it, right? Yeah. I, mm. I, I think it's safe to say, Snowy, you're a you're a complicated guy. You've got many levels, so uh, <laughs> there are many options. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, oh, I just saw on Facebook today. Today, I guess nineteen. Oh, would it be eighty one? I guess eighty one, eighty two. Fall Guy had their debut record, uh, their 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 first episode. Do you you guys remember Fall Guy? Absolutely. No. Okay. The main theme. Unknown stuntman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, so you're trying the TV show. I thought you were trying some band yeah. I've never heard of. Okay, yeah, no, oh, no. I know the TV show. No, the, the, the TV show with yeah. with, he- with Heather Thomas and some other people. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Zoe. Hi. Eight listeners of this will know what I'm talking about. Okay. You will. The theme to uh, The King of Kensington. Oh yes! Oh, it's, it's, especially at the end, when at the end of the song, when they go, "What a guy!" Oh, that's exactly. that's one hundred percent. You know, I I for years when I was in university in Halifax, I wanted to form a band, not because I wanted to play music, but because I wanted to form a band and name it the Kings of <laughs> the King of Kensington. Yes, the Kings of Kensington. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, Aaron, up here. There was a there was a there was a Canadian sitcom called The King of Kensington. It starred Al Al Waxman, if if that name. Nope. He went on to do Cagney and Lacey, and a whole oh, whack I of other Cagney things. And Lacey. Yeah. Okay. Well, the 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 balding guy that they were dealing with all the time, him. He was the King of Kensington. Up okay. Here. And and was originally written to be set in Winnipeg. Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. a small bit of trivia, but also, you know, the worst of 1970s Canadian television. <laughs> right on. Right on. Yeah, these are a lot of great suggestions. One of the first ones that kind of came to my head, just to kind of be a smart ass, Tina Turner's Simply the Best. <laughs> Cool. If we're going that direction, it should be Shania Twain's "Look Like Looks Like We Made It." Yep. Oh, okay. All right. That's. I might need a refresher on that though. Looks like we made it. Okay. I. No, it's still not ringing a bell. Oh. Which is probably sacrilege in Canada. So oh, she's Canadian. Yeah, she's totally Canadian. Yeah. Um. Biggest selling Canadian artist of all time, I think. But uh, uh, yeah, wait, she's, I just really, I know she was married to one of the ugliest men ever, Mutt Lang. Oh shit, that's right. That's right. Yeah, oh, I totally forgot about that. Some people marry up. Um, yeah, and he did. Wow. Queen, Queen. Snowy Queen, we are the champions. We are the champions. I was kind of thinking that too. Oh, I've seen a bicycle race. <laughs> Come on, that'd be funny. Bicycle, bicycle. <laughs> Not a keen fan. Come on, that'd be wow. hysterical. Um, I, 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 you know, being that this is Canada, I almost feel like there has to be a rush song. Like uh, like Tom Sawyer today's Tom Sawyer. Yeah, yeah that I, that that works because that was uh, pro wrestler Kerry Von Erich's theme song down See? in the old world class territory in Texas back in the eighties. 
see, Aaron, I, I wasn't going to say rush because I thought it was expected of me. Um, <laughs> but it is because it's Canada. But, but <laughs> New World, New World Man, which I know was his favorite Rush song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it still is. Yeah. Yeah. Or, so that or, works. first album, Working Man. Oh, yeah. 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 That would really yeah. work, yeah. Yeah, it also makes a statement. Yes. Right Great on. Song. <laughs> See, and we need to take working man into sexy motherfucker because you're working it. You know? <laughs> right on. <laughs> right on, right on, right on. Well, I I I had I had some thinking to do and I don't know if I should if if I should say the one that I ended up choosing yes or, you have to or do i save it now okay yeah since 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 you're on mark i was kind of i felt like i was running out of time i better i better come up with one and i felt that the beginning drum the beginning drum beats and then that 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 famous guitar riff to joan jett's version of i love rock and roll yeah right on i sent that one i think because i i was just kind of picturing it you know as they're flipping through pictures you know those drum beats those riffs they put my mug up there and all that i think that works because you know i love rock and roll okay and you know what it totally works for me because i remember being like 12 or 13 in your bedroom and listening to the seven inch of that song. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I also bought the album as well. Yeah. When you guys were younger, it kind of made made me think of this. Did your parents ever give you flack for buying, you know, shelling out eight bucks for the full album instead of just two bucks for the the main hit song, the 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 single did your parents ever give you flack for that because every once in a while my mom would do that so my parents were exactly the opposite my dad's like why would you buy the single buy the whole album yeah oh, I, okay my parents were like that too yeah well my mom and dad they weren't the biggest music fans did, they, I, they basically yeah. they they basically had a couple neil diamond and abba albums that was the extent of their record collection so like oh and if I remember I bought I brought home a um, an imported seven inch single, an old a- ABC song. This was about 1983 and it was like it was like 6.99. Okay, and I brought that home and Mom saw the price and it's like you paid seven dollars for a seven inch for a for a 45. Well, it was an imported 33 right. single still. <laughs> you paid that for two songs? Oh my god. Mom, I've done a lot worse, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This really isn't that bad. <laughs> and now, now, you know, we'll uh, you see certain 7 inches, you know, that you'll pay twice. We'll pay 14, 15, 20 bucks for and and it, it would be worth it. One hundred. <laughs> I paid ten bucks for that Ghostbusters one, and I'm proud of it. 
Oh, I would drop. I would drop a ten, a ten for that too. Because yeah, yeah. it had the sleeve. Like you can't. You, can't you paid. Do you paid fifteen for Sounds of Halloween. I, oh, right there you go. Yeah, I'm yeah. So excited for but that. that's Halloween. keep at twice the price. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you guys so much for all of those suggest <laughs> for all of those suggestions. Um, we'll see how it um, turns out. So the meat of the matter of this particular episode is we're going to be talking all things dead kennedys the dead kennedys the legendary punk band that really kind of did its part to kind of help shape probably all three of us am i am i right in some way shape or form yes 100 percent. yeah yeah and unfortunately the reason why we are doing this Dead Kennedys, you know, spotlight discussion is we just lost one D.H. Peligro, the uh, longtime drummer for the Dead Kennedys. Um, where where were you guys when you heard, you know, that 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 we lost this awesome man? It was actually in one of my email newsletters, which is a very like like they hit the headlines like there this particular email newsletter like, like just news news headlines and stuff i i couldn't believe that i'm like wow you guys are covering this like a dead kennedy's drummer because they never cover that kind of stuff i mean like jerry okay. lee lewis sure right because jerry lee lewis is an icon you know and any other major store but like the, the dead kennedy's who i mean we're we're lucky you know if anybody covers that at this point Right. You know, other than us, you know, but yeah, I was just reading a newsletter. I'm like, fuck, Dish Pellegro, you know, passed away. And that's, I literally, the next thing I did was, 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 um, send that message to you in our, whatever the fuck app we're using now. Um, right. <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> did you know that Dish Pellegro passed away? Yeah. 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 What about you, Mark? Where were you? Man, I, I, I heard on Facebook. Um, uh, I've been a massive DK fan for, well, it's horrible to say, but decades, right? Mm -hmm. So I follow, you know, the official Dead Kennedys account. I follow Jello Biafra and I got it. And man, I was floored, floored. I, well, yeah, it was just, it was out of left field. Yeah. I like, yeah, it took me a long time to, 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 to sort of process it and realize it was real right mm -hmm. yeah no for sure because like when we get the news you know like when ozzy when ozzy osborne goes no oh, like dude. Our, no one's going to be surprised you know because he's, yeah. he's he's at that age and he's lived hard die young although it's not he's not young you know what i mean i, see, this, I don't know though i think we're still going to be surprised because Ozzy is is like Lemmy. Like I was still surprised when Lemmy went because like Lemmy's pretty much immortal. You know, like uh, I, I Lemmy gets to the point where I'm like, there's no way that guy's ever gonna die. Like he's just gonna keep going. Well, he actually went a lot sooner than I was anticipating. A lot, like, a lot younger. Yeah, like he's what he was in his seventies. I think he just yeah. turned seventy. 
Right, right. That's yeah. still, you know, I, I oh, it's, it's still young. But I mean, I, how many seventy-year-old people do you know in everyday life that were still able to get up and play every night like Lemmy played? Oh, for sure, for sure. I know, I know people that are like thirty. They couldn't do it. That are like, well, I want to go to the show tomorrow, but uh, I got to go to work. I got, uh. Dude, that, that's the kind of stuff that pisses me off. Because I know I say this stuff now at 50, but I'm also... Yeah, but you're I, 50. Well, I'm 50. I have several injuries. Like, it is hard for me just to fucking stand up some days. Right. And for these kids that are like 20, they're like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I didn't go to sleep till one morning. o'clock and I had a beer. I'm like, oh my God, you fucking pussy. I'm like, right. I slept out in the parking lot and he went to work still drunk. The like, next what's day, wrong yeah. with you? Jeez. Like, <laughs> I, rem- I remember those days uh, when you had to buy, like when they announced the concert, tickets on sale Saturday morning at Select a Seat or yeah. Ticketmaster or whatever. There was no internet. No one had a credit card. No one was doing this over the phone. We had to be there in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. First first thing. So a gaggle of us, we wouldn't even go to sleep. Like, we just piled into some guy, one of our buddies. We pissed it up all night. Whoever was sober that could drive at four in the morning, you know, would take us. And we stood in line from four till ten, four till nine. You know, like that's that's how you did it. Even later on in life, okay. Now we're at the point now where it's all Ticketmaster. They have the monopoly and all that. It's all it's it's all credit card. It's all over the over the internet. It's all like, and I I hate it. For the longest time, I would just I would do the same thing up early you know i wasn't pissing it up all night but i was i would be up early i would be to the Ticketmaster location an hour before it opened you know you have a magazine you got your walkman you know discman and all that and then i waited and i always got kick-ass seats always always so yeah kids kids today they just they don't know the struggle and don't feel sorry for us because it's life experience. I know. You it's, know. It's funny. It's like, I kind of feel worse for them. You know, yep. like it's cool. All these conveniences and all this, all this, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of technology. You know, I, I really am. I, I love the fact that I have uh, a recording studio in my computer, more powerful than what the Beatles had to do Abbey Road with. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everybody has that at their fingertips and we're really not getting a lot of Abbey Road. You know what? Like you know? my my career is dedicated to getting, you know, people connected to the internet. Right. But at the same time, there are times when I'm like, hey kids, get off my lawn. Right. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. We went through this shit and we're better for it. We're better for it, yeah. I totally remember. You know, camping out all night to get tickets to a show, right? It was, yeah. Life, life experience, life experience, and the kids today, they just they don't get it. They don't, they they don't get it. Well, why would you want to do that when you have this all? And it's the same thing, you know. 
I have Spotify. You know, your all your records are just taking up space and all that. It's like ah, uh, uh, but but don't get you know us us three old men on too much of a soapbox here because we still we still we still got we still got some stuff to cover here. <laughs> that should have been the my, episode my, title. Get off make, my lawn. <laughs> my kids make fun of me for vinyl. Like they call me a hipster. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I I I I like the band. I like what they're doing. I'm gonna buy the vinyl to support them. That's right on, for sure. Hipsters didn't grow up with the technology. You're not a hipster. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hipsters like to pretend that they found it and discovered it. It's hipster replacement, I guess. There we Dude, go. I, I had a buddy who was definitely a hipster, and him and I were walking somewhere, and we're we we saw like a record store. He's like, yeah, he's like, finals making a comeback. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, that's thanks to, thanks to us hipsters. You're welcome. I'm like, so you are telling me that I'm welcome for you resurrecting an old technology from whatever age that's technically insuperior yeah. to everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, um, sure. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, you're welcome that we did it better, but Hey, you know, it's all right. <laughs> that's it. That's whatever, whatever helps you sleep at night, pal. You know. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Anyway, so we want Dick Kennedy's. Yeah. Anyways, we want to yeah. talk. We want to talk all things DKs here. Um, and I figured we would just kind of our longtime listeners will know our spotlight episodes formats and all that. But I figured we would kind of do like a you know a shortened version of that. But we'll stick to some categories that mean the most, and we'll kind of start off with the obvious choice. But your favorite Dead Kennedy song? Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Go ahead. You. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, I, I was chatting with you, Stoey, before the episode about my favorite Dead Kennedy song, and it changes with my mood, right? Uh, <laughs> right. I, I have a th- so many Dead Kennedy's favorite songs. So I think the album I keep going back to is is Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables and either Holiday in Cambodia or Kill the Poor. Right. Oh. My, my introduction was actually Bedtime for Democracy. And I, I, I bought it. I went home. I listened to it and was blown away. And I think I went back <laughs> to the record store pretty quick and picked up fresh fruit and and man i played the shit out of that album right Mm -hmm. that constantly and um you know i keep going back to holiday in cambodia no that totally makes sense yeah that song is the reason everybody wants (coughs) to go to cambodia yeah, I mean, I, I think we could arguably say that Cambodia has become a travel spot among punk rockers because of the Dead Kennedys. Yeah, yeah until they get there, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, until they okay. get there, they're eating a bowl of rice a day. That's right, right. <laughs> a bowl of rice a day. Now I have to lose some weight here, 
Okay, I'm I'm getting that age, you know, I guess a lot of people like our age, you know, we're putting on a few and all that. Yeah, that 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 bowl of rice a day diet, it's starting to sound pretty good in theory. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, no, I don't think that'll fly in this house. No, 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 no. What about you, Aaron? Do you have like a. Do you have a favorite Dead Kennedy song? Well, so there, there's a handful of things by the by the DKs that I really enjoy. Um, I I gotta agree with Mark that Fresh Fruit is probably like their their landmark album, right? Like like there's so many for especially for a debut album, it is so just monumental, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite track off that particular album is actually their cover of Elvis's "Viva Las Vegas." <laughs> yes 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 and that was back when like covers weren't like every band like i remember a time in the metal scene especially the new metal scene every every album had to have a cover song on it yeah. which i'm i'm good with that i love when a new band does a rendition of a song that i really d- dug as a kid but back then, with that record, there it's not like there were a lot of cover songs. Well, see, but at least to my memory. Well, but when when the hardcore punk bands or like any punk band would, would do a cover, there it was always a little bit of tongue in cheek, and you can hear that when they do, you know, View yeah. to Las Vegas, and I, I absolutely love it. But it's it's kind of the same with um, Murphy's Law when they cover Ebony and Ivory, which is oh, holy yeah, shit, one of the greatest covers <laughs> ever. Um, but my my all time favorite DK song is "Too Drunk to Fuck." Yes. Ah. Great yes. Song. Yes. Yes, Mark. I remember you buying that seven inch single. Yeah, and I I I had no idea what I was buying, and I was blown away. Blown away. Yeah. 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 Oh no. We... If we want to talk DK covers, though, my favorite DK cover is the theme to Rawhide. Right, oh, so I heard that one. yeah, oh, I need to hear that. Yeah, that was off of um, that the EP God We Trust, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> yes, yes, dude, yeah, Aaron, ch- check out the whole in God We Trust EP, it's absolutely phenomenal. I was actually listening yeah, to yeah. that one last night, um, because there's a, there's a combined version now, but I don't think I got to the um rawhide but it was the plastic surgery disasters and in god we trust inc man oh okay good right on because that's where because that's where nazi punks fuck off comes from and that like that that's the thing is like how do you how do you pick a favorite dk song when they have so many like (laughs) monumental anthems almost yeah so it's it's yeah nazi punks fuck off like Absolute, absolute monumental song, yeah. right? Mm. Tons of songs like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's in, in, insane. Well, I'm glad you guys mentioned Nazi punks. Okay. Because not only is that, and our longtime listeners, we've played this song many times on the show. We've played Napalm Deaths version of Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. And both versions 
Okay, if I was to make a list of my all-time top 10 favorite songs, both DK and Napalm Death's version of Nazi Punk's Fuck Off would be would be on that list. For like for sure, for sure. Like it's just it's just one of my all-time favorite songs from any any subgenre. The Bedtime for Democracy album. Wicked, wicked song called Chicken Shit Conformist. Like your parents. <laughs> like your parents, yes. Because like, it, it was an epic song calling out, you know, when when punk rock goes commercial. Yep. Like, that's exactly, you know, and they did that with the song um, Anarchy for Sale as well. They, mm-hmm. they kind of did the same thing. And it opens with another great cover of Take This Job and Shove It. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> but, the, you know, that that's what's great about the Dead Kennedys, right? Like, the the sense of humor they had. Yeah. They were hyper-political, which can get all too serious all too quickly, right? But they had a sense of humor, and they would cover, you know, Rawhide, which is a country song, and take this job and shove it, which was a, a, a song. song. Right. right. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I love them, right? Well, mm. So as I was listening to stuff last night, you know, preparing for today, and I came to Bedtime for Democracy because I, I was aware of the songs on it, but I'd never heard of that album title. And that took me down a different rabbit hole because obviously Bedtime for Democracy is a play on Bedtime for Bonzo, a Ronald Reagan movie. And, you know, Reagan would have been president when that album came out. And that's also where we got Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, right, Uh, from the Ramones. And so I'm like, wait a second. And as I'm, like, you know, scrolling through, like, a Wikipedia article uh, on the Dead Kennedys, there's another article linked to it says Ronald Reagan's influence on music. I'm like, what? And after I read this article, I, I think we can unequivocally say that Ronald Reagan was the greatest president the United States has ever known because we have gotten more insanely amazing music from him, his presidency, than any other president in history. I, I, I can't argue with that. It reminds me of, though, I remember a, a Jello Biafra interview in like. 2016, 2017, who he said, you know, Trump's presidency will be good for punk rock. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, oh I've that's said what that we on said. the show many times <laughs> the, over the years. No, the yeah. minute he was elected, that's the first thing we said. We're like, well, we're looking forward to the music. <laughs> the music that's going to come from this. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Bush, Bush Jr. as well. Like, there was a lot of good songs that came out of his. His reign of terror as well. Yep. Well, think about all the, Aaron, back to what you were saying about Reagan. Think about all the great bands that came out of D.C. in the Reagan years. Oh, yeah, dude. You've got the Minor Threat. You've got Bad Brains. Um, Black Flag. Black, yeah. Well, yeah, Black Flag. You've got... um, Black Flag's more California, but I I know what you're saying Minor Threat, uh, The Bad Brains. Um, oh, Reagan Youth. Yeah. Reagan Youth. Like, that was like the heyday <laughs> of hardcore. 
right? Like the stuff SSD that, that control, was yeah. hyper-political. I mean, really what punk and hardcore is really all about, in, in my opinion. Well, it, sure. it, you know what's funny? Like, I, I feel like when we have a, a a Republican president, we get more intelligent music where people are thinking and they're more eloquent and there's there's more thought that goes behind the music, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, completely the opposite of what ha- seems to happen when we have a Democratic president here. You know? But the, you think about that, it makes perfect sense, right? Because punk and metal are so counterculture, right? Mm-hmm. And when the power structure is conservative, it's, it's you know, PMRC values there's going to be this movement pushing against that and sometimes in the extreme and you get the craziest music, but you get the best music. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. For sure. For sure. And like the dead Kennedys, like they, they epitomize that with that, with that. Can you guys like, do you have an actual DK DK's favorite album? Yeah, again, that's fresh fruit for rotten vegetables, right? Like it, it wasn't my, yeah, it wasn't my introduction to DK, and I think it took me a while to warm to the album because I was used to their their later stuff, right? Which was a little bit more refined, a little bit more polished. But man, when I really started to understand what that album was about. And what they were getting at, I, I think it's one of the, the classic albums of, of, of music history. For sure. I agree. For sure, for sure. What about you, dude? I, I'm, I'm with Mark. To- totally on, on that same, same disc. No, I totally, I totally get it. There's just, there's just so many songs, so, so many awesome songs, and they just flow so well together on the Bedtime for Democracy record. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's just one of those records that you can just play side one, flip it over side two, flip it over side one, flip it over side two, and you can just do that all night. And it, it just doesn't get old. Well, let's talk you know, about the sound no? <laughs> for a second, right? So I remember them sounding different, like when I was 18, 19, 20, than as I listen to it now. Like, for whatever reason, I remember, even, even like Too Drunk to Fuck, I remember that being way heavier sounding. <laughs> and then when I listen right. to it, I'm like, this sounds a lot more like surf punk, like surf rock. Well, like, especially stuff like police truck like very very surf rock i'm like wow mm-hmm. it's closer to like the necromantics and some some of the other surfy bands you know like the psychobilly bands than it is to like a black flag you know well you know aaron that that that's so bang on right because you had this kind of surf guitar feel to it right like um east bay ray's guitar style was full on surf you know, influenced by like 60s surf rock, right? Yeah. But that's what made, I think, D.H. Playgirl so genius because his drums were absolute aggressive mm-hmm. punk rock beat, you know, yeah. pulling it all together in a really aggressive form. And But you have this 
kind of surf, surf rock floaty kind of, you know, wavy kind of feel, but brought to this aggression based on the beat that was that was below it, right? Yeah, dead on, dude, dead on. And I love that. That's that's what I always loved about the Dead Kennedys. They were kind of this, they were one part playing off another part. Like there was this tension in the music that got you riled up, which played so well for the lyrics, which were so political and so, you know, meant to get you emotionally engaged, right? For sure, for sure, no. <clears throat> that was definitely one of their strong points, for sure, for sure. Do you, okay, Aaron. Aaron yeah. Dis- discovering the dead Kennedys, do you, because Mark and I will, we will have the same story, but how, do you remember how you discovered the dead Kennedys? It would have been somewhere between 1989 and 1990, because that okay. was when I discovered the Ramones. And once mm. I discovered the Ramones, it, it, you know, it wasn't just somebody opening a door. It like the door was, was taken off. The wall was knocked down. Um, you know, the world was liberated. Once I discovered the Ramones, like all of a sudden everything became fair game because for, for a while, if it wasn't metal, quote unquote, I wasn't going to listen to it. You know, okay. For basically for, for it would have probably been from when I first heard kiss up until I heard the Ramones, like it was just, I need heavier, heavier. Right. And that's, you know, Slayer, that's Anthrax, Metallica, that's, Oh fuck. What was the band in destroy? Like whatever heavy thing I could find, you know, the crossover album with DRI. And then a buddy of mine handed me the Ramones album and we, uh, you know, somehow ended up getting me a skateboard and that changed everything. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. Yeah. Whole new world. Yeah. Yeah, right on, right on. So it was somewhere right around there. And, um, and the, but here's the funny part. I knew about black flag somewhere right around 86, 87, because I would have found the ad in metal edge, sent in my two or three bucks for the program annihilator cassette. Do you guys remember that? Not not the Metal Edge thing, but... But it was no. a mail-order ad in, in the different metal magazines. And it was SST Records. Send in, you know, like your self... Like, uh, okay, you yes. Like a couple bucks, and they'd send you back Program Annihilator. And I, so yeah, I get this the, compilation. The catalog. Yeah. Right, right. I, I get this compilation tape, Program Annihilator, and it's got like Annihilate This Week on it by Black Flag. And beat <laughs> my head against the wall. And it just, it was the most intense thing I'd ever heard in my life. Um, I mean, and that, I mean, that shit was heavy, right? Like that was heavy, heavy shit. And, you know, I had that, but it was still years before I discovered the dead Kennedys. Uh, Everyone has a different story. Yeah. Like I actually discovered dead Kennedys and all that before the room. Okay. Like I knew who the Ramones were. Okay. Like through cream magazine and all that, but I never actually gave the Ramones very much attention until the later eighties. And by then I was already fully. Okay. Like the first punk band 
okay, I'm boring, but the first punk band that I really, really got into was the Sex Pistols. Well, I like feel when like I, that's everybody's gateway. Yeah, yeah. Like when I went metal full time, that was the punk band that I gravitated to. You know, you know, at at that time. Sex Pistols so, are much like Motorhead, right? Because the Sex Pistols are the punk band that everybody can enjoy. Everyone, yeah. Motorhead's the metal, metal band that everybody yeah. can enjoy, right? Like, like yeah. they're, they're those bands that you know both sides of the fence. Like, yep, yep, we're cool. You know. See, Snowy, I, I, I remember it a bit differently, right? And I remember we, and I say we because it was you, me, and 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 Skid. Skid, yeah, go, I've mentioned Skid on this show more yeah. than once. Yeah, we would go down to the record store in downtown Winnipeg and pick up albums. Records on wheels, yeah. Records on wheels, and I, I recall the first punk album we bought we i can't remember who bought it but we'd all listen to it it was, was probably skid with um minor, got trust no i think it was in i think it was minor threats minor threat oh okay you're talking punk in general yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay and that's that was kind of our it, because we knew venom through you and merciful fate through <laughs> you and all of that right i mean i'm still right. this this kid listening to Rush and Led Zeppelin, right? Right. And um, then I remember like a week later going back downtown and getting a Dead Kennedys album. And I remember just being floored. Like I was... Oh, yeah. This it was, was the yeah. album, right? This was, this this meant something to me, right? Yeah. Like it was, all, all three of us at that time. You, me, and Skid, for sure. Yeah, it broke me from my there is no other band than Rush kind of mindset, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And that's what I was going to say. Um, I discovered with you, okay, no surprise there. We we discovered Dead Kennedys at the same at the same time. Yeah, and I, I want to say it was. Skid bought the In God We Trust EP. I, you may be right. I and, think you're probably right. You know, and then <laughs> shortly after that, like the three of us, we went bananas and just started sucking up all the dead Kennedys that we could. But 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 think about that at the time, right? Because you know, you and I are and and Skid too. We were listening to Rush. We knew Led Zeppelin. We knew Black Sabbath. We were listening to Anim and Merciful Fate and a bunch of metal bands. And we kind of had this idea of punk through Sex Pistols and 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 maybe The Clash or something else. Right. And then yeah. Then you put on a DK album. And right? it's like, whoa, what the like fuck? Nothing you've ever heard, right? And mm. and and then you read the 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 liner and the lyrics are so political and they're so pointed right like and that, even though you're a dumb kid you can still relate to them you get it exactly and you're like wait a minute the world is way bigger than i thought it was mm -hmm. oh for sure that's that's the power of music oh no oh did i lose you guys no no i'm here nope, nope. i totally agree yeah. Oh no, yeah, I, no. I, I, I totally credit 
you know, like I've had a career where I've been trying to connect people to the internet, but that's all because of the dead Kennedys. I swear to God, like <laughs> the dead Kennedys led me to believe that if you have any talent, any talent at all, you should be putting it towards helping people who who need help, right? Mm-hmm. Like that stuff changed my life. Like it changed my whole the whole trajectory of of what I was gonna do with my life, right? Oh, I get that. I get that. It's the power of music. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Venom and all that. Like that, okay, like people might say, you know, like, oh, my life changed when I discovered Van Halen and all that. Okay, I can honestly say, okay, like I went metal full time when I heard Venom. Like I had I had Van Halen records, ACDC, The Runaways, Def Leppard. Okay, but hearing that, hearing hearing that first Venom record, and it just that opened the floodgates. You know, it's the power of music. I, t- I totally get that. You make a good point with that. And what's funny is, I bet right now there is somebody who's like, man, when I heard Karma Chameleon by Culture Club, color color by numbers, <laughs> that changed my life. There's somebody on another podcast saying that right Some, now. Someone say that right now. Yeah. 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 No, I I okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. Like when I was a kid before I went metal, I had I had the first the first um Culture Club record. Color by numbers? Or wait, yeah, yeah. The house with, on fire. With, do, with do you really want to hurt me? And do and, you and, really want to hurt and, me? And, and, yeah, no, I, I had that. I had that. No, I'm glad you I guys love mentioned. Club, man. And I will, I will stand by that album. And Snowy, you're the one who introduced me to it. And I will. Uh, that's right. Yeah, because before we went metal and before we went punk. Like we were friends and we were pop fans. Yep. And all that. And the significance of the culture club today is like everyone is like, oh, transgender. Like this, this is either really good or this is really horrible. You know, I can't expose my children to trans. I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I don't have all the terminology down. Well, but so I, I can't expose with- my with boy george is he trans or is he I, i've always associated him more as a drag queen and more in the vein I just, of like um the sisters of perpetual indulgence are you aware of that group I just, no, no okay so it, I, it's a bunch of gay men that dressing women that you know dress in drag they dress up as nuns but very colorful nun outfits and they go around doing acts of charity and that hence the sisters oh, okay. of perpetual indulgence and it, it's it is one of my all-time favorite charity groups, because oh, right on, you know, and and I think I think we've we talked about this this on the on the podcast before, but like you know, anytime somebody's like, well, I don't care if so and so is gay or blah blah blah, I'm like, well, I do, but not for the reason everybody else might, because gay people are so much more fun. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. Like, Doesn't gay mean fun? Well, exactly. Like like, yeah, like my like, mom still says that she's like. I remember when gay just meant happy, you know? Right, right, and, happy. That's... Yeah, and, and it, but it's uh-huh. funny because, like, the, the, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, like, they are just out to have a great time. They don't give a fuck 
about gender, about whatever. That and and that's the thing is like like with like the drag queens, the drag queens were 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 really poking fun at gender identity. It's like, oh, oh, this is what a man is? No, let me show you what a man is. You yeah. know, the RuPaul yeah. kind of stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. and the thing is like RuPaul, you know, he man, he did so much for I, I honestly think he he's done so much for the gay community just in the fact that he brought awareness and kind of leveled people out. Because I, there are very few people that be like, I hate RuPaul. Like almost he, everybody he loves made, that guy. He mainstreamed it. He mainstreamed it, right? I don't know. Like I'm I'm indifferent with RuPaul. Like okay, oh, you, you do what you RuPaul? do. I I don't you? watch your show. I don't know anything about you. But you do you. You know, like like yeah. I don't care. Like who gives a fuck? I love RuPaul. <laughs> he is he is there was there was some controversy with Boy George. He went to jail for, you know, I can't remember the 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 details on it, but I do think it was assault and he had kidnapped a guy. Or Did something. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, he went. He went, he went up went for jail. for something. Yeah. And I still need to acknowledge that because that's not great. But at the same time, like we're. 12, 13, 14-year-old boys in an era where, you know, it was all about masculinity, right? And yeah. there's this guy creating music who who dressed like a woman. Who and, looked like a girl. Yeah. And we're like, that's totally cool. It, I it, did, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just thought I didn't even know Boy George was gay at the time. Oh, I just thought either. he was he was like Bowie, Adamant. He yeah, was just flamboyant. He's he's a male rock star. He's swimming yeah. in pussy. You know what I mean? Like, Dude. yeah, <laughs> you know. I, it's, it's okay. I didn't know Boy George was gay until the late nineties. Yeah, like I had, had no idea. Wild. None. Yeah. None, right? See, but dude, like it, even so worse. It so reminds yeah. me of that 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 meme that goes around from time to time, and it's Iggy Pop in a dress, right? And he's like, I don't dress like a woman because it 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 means I'm weak because women are strong or whatever. Oh hell yeah, 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 yeah. hell about, yeah, right? Hell yeah. But you know, I I never viewed him as weak in any way because he was dressing like a woman. I I, I thought, cool, dude is so comfortable with who he is. Mm-hmm. He's fine presenting that to the world. I wish everyone else could do that. Well, anybody who wants to try and say that women are weak needs to try walking in heels. Oh Jesus, yeah. yeah. You know? Or that that time of the month. Imagine men. You know, having okay, like what, oh, when so I get the sniffles. When I get the sniffles. Like I'm down, okay. I'm I'm in bed. Don't talk to me. I'm a total wuss. So for like five days a month, I would be done. Okay, well, as most guys would be sitting in a meeting with a room full of men who are just going to dismiss everything you say because <laughs> of your, your your gender, right? Right. Right. Talk yeah. And having to put up with that that takes strength. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't yeah. get my head yep. around that. But then I also get frustrated when you know somebody feels that I'm only dismissing their opinion because of their gender. I'm like, nope, it just sucks. Like your idea just sucks. Yep. Like, like that that can happen too. 
you know. At some point, when everyone is equal, we can put everyone else down. And I'm looking forward to that day. <laughs> and that will kind of be a party. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. But anyway, so seriously, I can't. Yeah. We're, kind of, we're kind of off topic. I think we're way off topic. <laughs> but okay. but are we? Because are think we, of all the political things all we're time. talking about. I feel like that's the spirit yeah. of the dead Kennedys right there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. You know? Yeah, Aaron, you're, you're totally right. <laughs> and, we, and you know what? We think about these things, right? That's the dead Kennedys. They got us all thinking. Mm -hmm. No, for sure, for sure. I think I think it was it was the dead Kennedys. They were one of those artists that okay, I discovered them at the time when you know when you're a dumb teenager and all that. You're not really paying attention, except for you know teenage bullshit and all that. But once you hit 16, 17, okay, you're kind of noticing the world around you. And a band artist like the Dead Kennedys is going to show you that world and then yeah. you know, help help shape and mold you and all that. And like I can tell, just for all the years I've known both you guys, like that's they were part of that no for sure for sure one more thing before we kind of bring this crazy train into the station we'll probably have to forego tonight's indie spotlight which is too bad there's a really kick-ass band we'll get to it next week um i don't think any of us have seen the dead kennedys live oh definitely not not me. No, one of the, the 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 biggest things I regret is that I never saw them live. Like mm -hmm. they were such a part of my life, and you know I've seen Rush multiple times and uh, countless other bands. Never saw DK. No, for sure, for sure. And even if we were to see them, well, I think with the loss of 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 DH, they're probably done. But. When Jello left, they still toured. They got um, who did they get? It wasn't it exploited? No? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And like, it just like without Jello, it just it just wouldn't be the same. Like, I would I, I would not go see the Dead Kennedys without Jello Biafra. I don't know. I Ooh. I think I would. I I wouldn't want to be. I'm I'm generally not that guy. Like. If if the voice, you know, if it, it, like because okay, like when when Max Cavalera left Sepultura, like that band still created some awesome music, and I've seen Sepultura. We've had we've we've had Andres Kisser on the show. I've seen Sepultura. Um, uh, a Max list Sepultura many times, you know, and we've also had Max on a, a, a number of times, and I've seen Soulfly and all that. So I, I'm not I'm not that guy that generally says, well, you know, it's a different singer. But I I think I would go to see a Jelloist DK just to see East Bay Ray, just to see Klaus, just to see Pelegro. But yeah, I, that's one of those bands where it kind of wouldn't be the same thing. Well, let you me know. ask you this. Would you go see a Black Flag that is just Greg Ginn? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I would just think of it as 
the Greg Ginn band. Well, so I, I, I would too. Like, and I'm bringing this up because I have a buddy where um, Black Flag is touring, and it's Greg Ginn's Black Flag. And I honestly don't know who else is in it, but he was saying, he's like, well, I think it's just Greg Ginn. I'm like, dude, it's fucking Greg Ginn. Go see yeah, it. Yeah. Like, They're going to the be Greg in your town. Ginn. I'm like, when you're never going to see that again. You mm. know, like Greg Ginn, no, no matter how you feel about Black Flag, the way anything went down, Henry Rollins, whatever else, you know, or, you know, maybe you're the purist is like, no. I only like whatever the version was um, before they even got. Oh fuck! Oh, I can't think of the guy's name now. The the guy who's right before Henry. Who's right before Henry? Oh God! Oh. Damn it! Oh shit! Because he sang for. I'm the too many beers and fireballs in. I know. Me too. <laughs> Des? What's it? Des? Yeah. Oh Des yes, yes. Yeah. So, Des but even the guy sure. before Des, and I can't remember that guy's name. But if you're if you're that purist, it's like it's fucking great again. Like not mm. only did he start Black Flag, he started SST Records. He ran an independent record label that was essentially a middle finger rolling around the country all the time. You know, and just the diversity of the music. I mean, if you think about what the uh, what the Minutemen were doing. Versus what Black Flag was doing. Versus like a St. Vetus. Versus um, like the overkill that was on the, the Black Flag label at that time. Like, I mean, fuck. Listen to Program Annihilator. And just the mm-hmm. diversity in that music is like, holy crap. You know? So I would but, I would go see it really just to was, see that. You know? Was East Bay Ray so fundamental to the development of the 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 genre i don't know i see i i think think (sighs) east bay ray was not only uh, not only was he like just completely instrumental to the sound of the dead kennedys but i feel without east bay ray's guitar i don't think we'd have the psychobilly bands we have Right, I don't think we'd have a necromantics. I don't think we'd have. Um, yeah, like that's a good point. Today, yeah, you know, I think you're you're one hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he yeah. really moved the needle on something really unique. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he really did, and and then, <laughs> you know, uh, like like then then when when they started mi- mixing it back up and going back towards the rockabilly thing, I mean. Uh, like I, I am finally discovering rockabilly bass, which is hysterical because I've owned an upright bass since like '88, '89, and I, I did not know what slap upright was. And as I'm discovering that, discovering the necromantics, and I'm like, oh, like if I would have understood that, I might not have hated so much country music, you know? Uh-huh. Like, like, and I was telling my mom this. Like um, country music, you know, like when you're a bass player, is the most boring fucking thing on this planet because it's bump, 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 right? And but that's electric bass country music. That's '80s country music, right? And I'm like, oh my god, like how, that is so mind numbing. Who wants to fucking play that? What is wrong with you people? But then when you discover that where that came from 
was essentially like the rockabilly bass where it's this slap upright. And so it's not just bump, bump, bump. There are also slaps as a dum dum And that's all happening on the bass. That's not the drums. That's all happening on the bass. I'm like, oh, now I get it. And so like I've been painstakingly you know, doing that sort of stuff. Honestly, thanks in part to uh, Kim Necroman, watching an interview with him where he talked about, you know, when he was learning, he's like, I stuffed a pillow in the strings and just worked on all the different rhythm stuff. And then I figured out how to find the notes. I'm like, well, that's a great idea. You that know? stuff so, is beautiful though. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so, but I, I, I really don't think that we would have such the strong psychobilly scene that we have without the dead Kennedys. Cause I mean, it's half dead Kennedys, half misfits. You know, yeah. if you think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. For sure. The closest I've ever got to the dead Kennedys live was a couple of uh, times when Jello brought his spoken word to Winnipeg. I went once by myself and once the three of us, the whole brood, we kind of made it a family thing. And like my daughter was a lot younger at the time. She was in, she was about 10 or 11 years old. Didn't quite know what she was seeing at the time. But now this day and age, like little Snowy, like she's the punkest chick you're ever going to meet. Okay. Without any interest in the music. And I kind of like to think that. You know, spending an evening listening to Jello speak might have helped shape that. Who knows? That's, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I did want to raise is that I mean, Stoey, you know my son Isaac. Yep. And um, you know he's fifteen. This is I don't know two years. He just had his seventeenth birthday, so like two years ago. And what he really wanted was a dead Kennedy shirt for his uh-huh. brother, right? <laughs> okay. what, what a rite of passage, right? I had a tear <laughs> in my eye buying my 15-year-old son a DK shirt, right? Yeah, I would you have know? too. And I think that's kind of the, 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 the power of the band, right? We're all mm. old white guys, whatever. But there's this 15-year-old kid who's like, you know what? This crazy fucking hardcore band from the 80s, they mean a lot to me, right? So they've still got they've still got legs, right? With a younger generation, which is amazing. I hope so. I hope so. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, let's show all of our listeners exactly all of this great stuff we're talking about. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to drop a track, one of my all-time, like I said, one of my all-time favorite songs. This is The Mighty DKs with Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. Fuck off, overproduced by Martin Hannett, take four. Fuck off! 
hands Stop your backs and trash your holes Trash your back if you got real balls Let's stop the drugs to get so cool We are not seeing some new school I can't just make this man and cops in the real force Make it be the first to go Nazi bucks, Nazi bucks, Nazi bucks, fuck off Nazi bucks, Nazi bucks, Nazi bucks, fuck off You made the first to go, you made the first to go, you made the first to go What lets you think? Just one problem. Is my cock big enough? Is my brain small enough for you to make me a star? Give me a toot, I'll sell you my soul. Pull my strings and I'll go far. Give me a toot, I'll show you.
Sunday, put your hands together. Is my cock big enough? Is my brain small enough for you to make me a star? Everybody sing it one time. Is my cock big enough? Is my brain small enough for you to make me a star? Shut up and dance, everybody. Is my cock big enough? Is my brain small enough for you to make me a star? Mark, I have to raise this question to you, okay? Um, government issue, okay? Do you, okay, right now in my hot little fists, okay, if this was a video show, you, you'd see me holding this. I have a bootleg video copy of government issue October 22nd, 1988, Apparently, they played the cauldron here in Winnipeg. Okay. Okay. I don't, I wasn't at that show. Were you there? Do you, have you seen Government have, Issue here in Winnipeg? I have not. I, I, I was a regular at the cauldron. Yeah. And, I was, I was there for Death Sentence. I think, I think that yeah. was it because it wasn't a venue that lasted very long. No, I was I was a regular there. I did not see government issue, and I don't know why. I don't even remember them coming yeah, here. Yeah, it, it doesn't even ring a bell. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Well, were we asleep that week? Like, what the fuck? 
Were we, actually, were we actually studying for exams or something? I, I well, don't. Well, I, I mean, let's not get crazy. Me, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, that was government issue with rock and roll bullshit from their legless bull EP. And when you hear that, when you hear that song, like I, like government issue and DKs were, you know, they were around same time you know they were doing it together okay so i highly doubt you know they took any influence from dk's it just it it, it sounded a awful lot and it's just like that's definitely a song i would um i would co- that would complement the dead kennedys nicely and i just i just wanted to pick your brain about that how the fuck did we miss that like what the hell Ah, yeah, makes no sense. I mean, they're another... Sorry, something fell off my desk. They're another one of the great bands that came out of D.C. in the 80s, right? right. Minor Threat and Bad Brains and, and, and all the rest. I don't... I, I, You've got me, man. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, yeah. And before that, from the Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death, DK's compilation, which that record was, you know, all the B-sides and obscure singles and all that. They had a awesome live song called Pull My Strings, which was basically they were doing a, like, they were, as you heard at the beginning of the song, they were going to kick into, hall. They, they had everyone there backstage at this event which was basically a record industry suck my dick type event, okay? Yeah. And they started kicking into Holiday in Cambodia, and then they stopped. They started doing an entirely new song, totally taking the piss out of the record industry. And the end result was Pull My Strings. What an absolutely great song that was and it really epitomized just the dead Kennedys in general like there's just there's just so much to talk about like we didn't even get to um because we just wanted to talk about how it affected us but we didn't even get to the lawsuit we didn't even get to the PMRC we didn't we didn't even get to all all of that stuff and one of these times Mr. Buell I think I think we uh we got to sit down and go over all of that with a fine-tooth comb. But before we do that, one of the things with the dead Kennedys, speaking of Nazi punks, fuck off, is The Green Room. The movie The Green Room. Have you, do you, are you guys aware of this? Have you guys, do you know I'm what it is I'm talking about? I, 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 I love this movie. Patrick Stewart. Playing a neo-Nazi? Come on. How can you not love this movie? And the scene where they play Nazi punks fuck off to a crowd of Nazi punks. Oh, it was fantastic. Absolutely genius. Yes, yes. So more homework, Aaron. Up it's it's up on Netflix now. I'm sure it's up in the US. I I know it's up on Shudder here in Canada. It's called the Green Room. Where, like, like Mr. Buell said, there was this touring, this touring punk band end up playing in front of this this group of Nazis, and 
they did that to punks fuck off, not knowing that it was a bunch of stupid redneck Nazi punks and all that. <laughs> it's like it's a it's a fantastic film. I know we've I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on this on on the show before, but yeah, I, I I can't I can't you know reiterate it enough. Well, I think the uh, clock on the wall here is telling us we've actually gone into extra innings, but. Like I said, we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot of great tunes. And once again, it's just, I love sitting down, starting my weekend off and talking, talking great music and reminiscing as well. So once again, Mr. Buell, why don't you um, let everyone know exactly what you do and all of this awesome stuff? I, uh... Thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast. Um, EK is one of my favorite bands of all time. They are the reason why I do what I do, right? They open a world for me that, that, that meant if I have any talent, I should put that talent towards helping people who, who, who need help. Right. And that's why, yeah. why I, I, I do what I do. I help people, uh, achieve a better life and and achieve equity and 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 you know it's really all due to the music I listened to when I was 15 and right uh, I'm so happy to get the chance to talk about it <laughs> right on right on yes yes once again thank you so much for joining us to get us on out of here let's drop a track from the new record from conquest with a k really cool old school 80s type band killing it now let's go with the title track from their time and tyranny record available now courtesy of the good folks at no remorse records aaron how can uh, people get a hold of us well dear snowman radioactivemetal.org that's all the episodes past present and future then, if you want to see pictures of the stuff we talk about, head out onto uh, RadMetal666 on Instagram or Facebook.com slash RadMetal. Either one of those will get you there. If you just want to send us an email, RadMetal666 at gmail.com. If you want to find us, if you want to hear this show, hopefully you're already listening to this show. So that was a pretty yeah, dumb statement on my be, point yeah. part. But... Um, <laughs> If you want to pass this show along to a friend, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. We, we are there. dog, dare you to not find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, good luck. You're, you're, you're not going to be successful. It's not, it's not possible. It won't happen. Yeah, can't, cannot be done. Because thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Um, we are also on Spotify. So if you go to Spotify, look for the Shine Wizards Network. We are there with all those fantastic uh, podcasts, including A Wrestling Night in Canada, which mm-hmm. has a host that sounds a lot like Snowy. It's kind of weird. You know? Good looking guy. Yeah, Good looking yeah. guy. He's a sexy motherfucker. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's everything. That's all the stuff, all the stuff and more. Was that a Ramones album too? You know, since we're on our, our punk rock thing here, <laughs> it, it could be a bootleg album or something. Yeah, I'm it sure. Feels like all the stuff and more. 
Yeah, 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 right on. Once again, Mr. Buell, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and lending your expertise. Once again, like, we have to have you on under better circumstances, but it's always a pleasure. Like, you know, if, if, if we don't break the cycle, they're going to start calling Mark the angel of death. You know, I think so. We only have mom when somebody dies. You know, that's right. That's right. So, so clear your schedule, my friend, and we'll 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 hook up something really cool. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a bedtime for democracy episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. This is Aaron. And you are. Sorry? I said, and it's Mark. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Signing off.